lights on gutters, doors with mistletoe. Where the man's calling for another foot of snow. The freezer's full of venison, the fridge is full of beer. Christmas time in Michigan is here. Homemade cookies with dried cherries and lots of apple pies. An offering to snowbirds that miss their flights. Neighbors and friends bringing holiday cheer. Christmas time in Michigan is here. Lights on the Big Mac are shining bright to help old Santa find his way. So all the boys and girls in the land of the hand get their brand new sleds on Christmas Day. Michigan's big show is spreading goodwill. Hearts and wallets open for the needy and the ill. Thank you for that. Dewey Lunguski from Mason, Michigan wrote and performed that song for us, and we appreciate that very much. And, uh... Merry Christmas to you. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever you celebrate, we're here with you celebrating too. It's Michael Patrick Shields. And uh, in these cold days, you start to imagine what would it be like if you didn't have heat. What would it be like if you couldn't power your car, however you choose to do it. Jason Hayes is the Director of Environmental Policy at the Mackinac Center for Public Policy and on our AT&T line. Thank you for being here. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me on. We hear a lot about solar energy. We hear a lot about battery-powered cars and all the rest of it. Have we forgotten about natural gas? Yeah, uh, some of us have. There are some of us that haven't. Uh, the people that actually make the electricity and the, the heat and that sort of thing that keeps us all warm at this time of year, uh, we haven't forgotten about it. But there's a push to move away from it, and so that's why we've written this new report that we just released to try to explain really the history of gas, how gas is used, uh, why gas is essential, and then actually, which may come as a surprise to some people, the environmental benefits of using natural gas. We moved away, or there's an effort to move away from coal-fired plants, and also there's talk about nuclear and all the rest. Isn't natural gas so yesterday? (laughs) <laughs> well, um, since we, I mean, if you look at Michigan, uh, there's, I believe it's around 70, 75% of the people in the state use natural gas to heat their homes. So it's pretty, it's today and will be today for several years, probably even decades. Who and why is trying to get the, us to move away from it? Well, there's a, a different different groups, the environmental groups. Uh, there's a lot of elected officials. Uh, there's certainly people that develop and uh, build renewable energy that would be interested in having more of their products put in place. But um, the rest of us know that we need it. And again, it's essential to our modern life. It's not only heat and electricity, but there's also you know over 6,000 products that we make from natural gas or natural gas liquids like plastics and chemicals, fertilizer, all of those things that we rely on for our modern life. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Don't cancel me, but I forgot about the windmills. That's going to save the day, isn't it? (laughs) Well, actually, the more that uh, you use wind, the more that you need a reliable source like natural gas because all of us know the wind does not blow 24-7, and the sun goes down every night. 
regularly, every every single day it does that, and then also clouds kind of cover the sun, snow gets in the way. So when wind and solar inevitably do not produce electricity, which is the majority of the time they can't, uh, then we need something reliable, and natural gas is that fuel that's able to, it's called ramping up. When they drop off suddenly, gas can ramp up very quickly and provide us with that electricity that we need to stay warm, especially at this time of year. Is natural gas comparatively cost-effective, affordable? Absolutely. Gas is one of our cheapest options. So when we uh, pair it up against wind and solar, you'll oftentimes hear wind and solar are becoming cheaper. Well, over the last few years, as supply chain issues have hit us, They've actually increased in price by about 30 to 35 percent. And natural gas, building a natural gas uh, combined cycle turbine is still one of the cheapest, if not the cheapest, options. This is going to sound like a dumb question because it is, but can you run out of natural gas? Um, I mean, in, in a sense, you can imagine doing that, but with our improving technologies, we still have over a century of currently accepted, sorry, accessible natural gas resources in North America. And then as we uh, improve our technologies, things like fracking get better, we'll find even more resources or reserves that we're able to access affordably. So even if we are imagining that we're going to run out someday, it's not going to be for, you know, over 100 years. What about other parts of the world? How are they managing natural gas, and is there an effort there also to move away from it? Yeah, that's uh, one of the sections in our paper that we discuss, lessons from North America and also looking broader at the world. You see what's happened in Europe, especially right now, where they have deliberately shut down their domestic production of natural gas, and they have gotten to the point where they're almost completely reliant on Russian natural gas. And with the issues that are going on, Russian aggression in Ukraine and uh, the caps that are being put on and the tariffs and that that are being put on to Russian natural gas, the European nations are finding themselves in dire straits as they're coming into the winter. So they're they're pressured. They're in an energy crisis even more than we are, where their gas now is selling at around $35.00. Ours is selling down at around seven. So it's still expensive for us compared to where it was two or three years ago. But our prices in North America are five times lower than they are in Europe. That's because they've killed off their own domestic gas uh, industry. Jason Hayes, the Director of Environmental Policy at the Mackinac Center, you mentioned that natural gas is surprisingly green friendly. Yes. One of the reasons that the United States has been able to reduce its uh, greenhouse gas emissions by about 20 to 21 percent from 2005 levels is because we have closed down older, less efficient coal plants and replaced them with more efficient, brand-new natural gas turbines. And so the old 1950s, 1960s-era technology that had powered our society for decades Those plants are being closed as they get older, which is normal. It's natural. That's what always happens. And you replace them with something new and more efficient. Doing that has really helped us 
reduce our not only uh, greenhouse gas emissions, but all kinds of emissions, the other pollutants that we worry about too. So it's reduced greenhouse gas and it's made our air cleaner. Does it become safer and safer to use too for the average person? Yes, as we're getting better at, you know, developing our pipelines, our shipping capability, all of those things are, are making gas uh, far safer and, and, you know, again, more reliable. And that reliability actually is an important part of safety because you see when we have issues where gas supplies are restricted, then people are put in danger because they don't have reliable, affordable energy or heating ability to heat their homes. Keep warm, Jason Hayes, and thanks for heating things up this morning with a hot topic from the Mackinac Center for Public Policy with Michael Patrick Shields. (laughs) 